Inspired by the C.S. Lewis book, Mere Christianity, this podcast is about why I believe what I believe. Welcome to Bear Christianity. So here's what I believe about the origins of the heavens and the earth. The God of the Bible created from nothing, that is ex nihilo. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Also, I believe that God created in six literal 24-hour days and rested on the seventh day. I believe earth is roughly 6,000 years old. I believe Adam was a literal man. He was not. He did not evolve from apes uh, or other species. There, there were no other people on the earth when Adam was made by God. I believe Eve was a literal woman. No other woman existed except you know until Eve was made. And also, I believe Eve was created after Adam from Adam's rib or side. And so I believe all the things the Bible says about that, literally. Uh, I believe that the Garden of Eden was a real place. I believe the tree of knowledge of good and evil was a real tree with real fruit. And I believe the serpent really talked to Eve. So I believe all of that stuff. Over the next several weeks, I'm sure this will be a long series, I'll explain you know, each of those, and, and some of them will probably be multiple episodes and things like that. And so that's what we'll be walking through over the next several weeks. Now, you may disagree with me on some of these things or all of these things, whatever. My question would be, why do you disagree? Okay, I'm not saying that I'm correct. I just want you to think about why you believe what you believe and why do you disagree? Now, is it because your trust, your primary source of authority is you know, the scientific consensus that there was a big bang and the earth is 13.7 billion years old or, or, you know, the, or the universe that is, um, is it because of those types of things or is it that you have a different interpretation of the Bible? So what is the driver for why you believe what you believe? Is it science or philosophy or whatever, or is it the exegesis of, of scripture, of the Bible? Meaning you go to the Bible, what do you believe that the author of the Bible is trying to communicate to the reader, and then from there, that's where you, that, that's your ultimate source of truth. Uh, that's certainly my goal. Now, am I perfect in my exegesis and, and all of that stuff? No, I, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but that is my goal. So I'm not an expert in Hebrew. I'm not an expert in astronomy or geology. And so, again, you may disagree with me on, on some different things here, but my overall goal, the reason I spent the previous four weeks talking about the biblical worldview and, and the reason that I believe that, that I, that I want to hold to a biblical worldview, uh, the reason I spent those four weeks talking about all that stuff is because now I can, I can rely on the Bible and I've, I've sort of established my basis for why I go to the Bible first. So if you're just jumping into this podcast here, you need to check out those episodes first. So mainly I'm saying, if you disagree with me, then show me from scripture. And, and I, I, I always pray, God, I want to follow your word, what you reveal in your word, I want to follow that and I want to align my beliefs with what you have stated in the Bible. So if you want to change my mind about something, show me from scripture where it where I'm wrong. And I am always praying, God, help me to change my mind, change my beliefs if I'm wrong about what I think scripture is teaching. That's that's going to be the, the ultimate source of authority for me. It's scripture. And so I want to be faithful to that.
All right, so you can always connect with me by email, bearchristianity at gmail.com. You can message me on Instagram at the real bear martin or on Twitter at bear for Christos. And, uh, you know, you may ask, why is all this stuff different? It's because the names were taken, and <laughs> that's the best I could come up with. All right. Now, for A Bear in the Woods, I was watching some of the finals for the U.S. Open last week, and I, and I just got caught up in paying attention to the different rituals or routines or superstitions or whatever you want to call it uh, with these guys, you know, before they serve each time, one of the guys, he would get like a handful of tennis balls and then he would pick the best two and then he would, you know, hit one one way and one of the, you know, one of the ball people, they have to sprint out there real fast and get the ball and sprint back to the wall. Um, and so he would hit one one way and then hit one the other way and then he would keep two. He'd put one in his pocket and then he'd serve every time. So I was thinking if I was the ball boy, that, that would just be so frustrating that this guy can't just get two tennis balls and hit them. I mean, they, you know, certainly it's the US Open. I'm pretty sure they have high quality tennis balls and yet he has to you know, pick from a, a, a handful of them every time he serves. So that would just get annoying to me. Um, rituals in general, I, I've never been a super superstitious person. I mean, I definitely have some routines that I would do in playing sports and uh, things like that, but it never, hopefully, it never went like over the top crazy um, because some of this stuff just drives me insane. Back on tennis, Rafael Nadal is the absolute worst. He has to do a million little things before he does any tennis activity. And so uh, I, I can't even stand to, to watch him. And if you've watched Nadal, my, my question to Nike, who is his sponsor, is uh, can you not design a pair of tennis shorts that, that don't ride up on the doll because if, if, if you know what I'm talking about, he picks and digs constantly uh, on national TV. So Nike, get on it. Try, try to, to design the man some shorts that, that fit right. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, the beginning of what? the beginning of the heavens and the earth, that is everything in our universe. So the beginning of those things, in the beginning, God created those things, the heaven and the earth. Now, the the word, the two words God created, God is Elohim, which is a plural for God, a, the plural form of God. And, and, and Elohim here is not, it, it doesn't specifically mean uh, the God of the Bible, like uh, like Yahweh or Jehovah, would be the the specific you know God of of Israel, and then and then Jesus is referred to as Yahweh or Jehovah in the New Testament. This is not the same word. Elohim is just kind of the generic word for God, and it's plural here. So why is it not translated in the beginning? God's God's plural created the heavens and the earth. Because the, the word is plural. Why? Because created is singular. So in the beginning, God created, that's, that's, uh, that's as if a singular person created. And so that's why it's translated in the beginning, God, singular, uh, created. Now, there's lots of different um, theories as to why Elohim is plural. 
lots of different things, and I'm not. I'm actually not going to go into that stuff. But just in case you've you've heard that before, that oh, you know, Elohim is plural, so it should be translated gods. That's why, because the verb associated with that is singular. Anyway, all right. Now God created ex nihilo. That is the the doctrine I'm putting forth here today. The belief I'm putting forth. Now ex nihilo is Latin, and it it means out of nothing. So creation ex nihilo means creation. God created out of nothing. It answers this question, what is the material cause of the universe? So if I bake cookies, okay, the efficient cause would be me. I I am the one making and baking the cookies. Now, what is the material cause? The material cause would be all the stuff used to make the cookie dough. So that's the material that I am using to make the cookies. The biblical doctrine of creation is that God is the efficient cause of the universe, but there is no material cause. So John Frame is a Christian theologian, and over the next several episodes, you will hear me reference him a lot. I have already in, in the previous ones, too. Uh, I'm in a, a discipleship group, and we are going through John Frame's systematic theology book. So I'm reading a lot of John Frame right now, and he's a brilliant guy, and so I've, uh, so I've been quoting him a lot. But as far as creation ex nihilo, he says that this doctrine is, is a negative doctrine, um, not, not like negative being bad, but in the negative sense. So let me explain what I mean. Um, it's tough to define what nothing is. If you can say what nothing is, then it's it's something. <laughs> so th- think about that for a little bit. Um, anyway, Frame says that creation ex nihilo, or the doctrine of that, is it's a negative doctrine. So what it's doing is, by saying we believe in creation ex nihilo, we are rejecting the idea that God created from some sort of pre-existing material. And also, we're rejecting the idea that creation is an emanation from God's essence. Essentially, God is everything. That would would be like uh, pantheism. So we're rejecting those two things, that God created from some sort of pre-existent material, and that also that, that creation sort of emanates from God. We are saying that God is separate from creation. There's this great divide between the creator and created things, and, the, and so they're not to be joined together. Now, the, another reason that Frame says that it's a, the doctrine ex nihilo is, is a negative doctrine is because it's not explicitly stated in Scripture. There's no verse in the Bible that says, God created the heavens and the earth from nothing. So it's not explicitly stated. However, it is heavily implied in Scripture, the doctrine ex nihilo. So uh, there are three basic teachings that are plain in Scripture. One, that God is before all things. Now, John 1, 1 through 3 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So be- before anything was made, only God existed. Um, now, the, the word made here in this translation, and I usually use the ESV translation. So in verse 3, John 1, 3, it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, a different 
uh, Bible translation that I really like, the Legacy Standard Bible, it says this, and, and it's translating the word, the Greek word genomai. And so it says this, John 1.3 in the LSB translation is, all things came into being through him. So instead of all things were made through him, that this translation says all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So it's a little rougher translation. It's, it's not as readable. It doesn't flow quite as smooth, but it's it's getting at the root of this, this word, genomai. Uh, Leon Morris wrote a, a Bible commentary on the Gospel of John, and he says this, quote, John is saying that everything owes its existence to the Word, that is, Jesus Christ. So the first thing that's plain in Scripture is that God is before all things. The, the next thing that's, that's plain, and we've already hit on it some, is that nothing was made without God. There, there's no pre-existent material that, that some other being made and then God sort of reorganized it and, and made it into the universe. Nothing was made without the God of the Bible. In Colossians 1, 16 and 17, it says, For by him, this is Jesus Christ, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So John Frame, in, in talking about this concept in his Systematic Theology book on page 22, it says, quote, The Lord sovereignly issues commands in Genesis 1, and listen to this, And even things that do not exist obey him by springing into being. So there, Frame's talking about how, uh, how God is the Lord of all things. He, is, he has control and he has authority over all things. And even things that do not exist come into being when God says, you know, let there be light and so forth. So God is before all things. Nothing was made without God. And then also God is separate from creation. Romans 1, 24 and 25. Romans 1 is a really important passage when we come to uh, this, uh, just the idea of creation versus evolution versus, you know, versus just the, the worldly culture today, the, the biblical worldview versus the non-biblical worldview. Romans 1 is super important. But uh, get this, again, I, I'm arguing here that God is separate from creation. So Romans 1, 24 through 25, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So these are people who deny that God exists, and Romans 1 says God gives them up to the desires of their heart. He, he just lets them roll with it. And, and what does it say? They exchange the truth about God for a lie, and they start worshiping the creature rather than the creator. An example of this would be God says that he made male and female. And instead of worshiping God, their creator, people say, I get to choose whatever I want to be. I can be male or female or anything in between. I can make up my own gender because at the root of it, what are they really saying? They're saying, God is not God. I am God. I get to do whatever I want to do because I am God. 
they are worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And in this case, they're worshiping themselves. Now, also, this Romans 1 passage, when I'm saying God is separate from creation, it's, it rejects, it refutes pantheism. So in pantheism, there's only one true reality, and that is that everything, that, that basically that God is everything. Pan means all, and theos means God. So pantheism, God is everything. Um, idolatry is essentially impossible with pantheism because you can worship anything because it's we're all one. It's all God. Everything you worship is God. So this is the plain teachings of Scripture. God is before all things. Nothing was made without God, and God is separate from creation. And so, therefore, this doctrine of ex nihilo, that God created from nothing, that is heavily implied in the teachings of Scripture. So the historic view of creation, I'm talking about like thousands of years ago in in the time of Christ, uh, the general consensus was that all matter is eternal and that the the deities that were worshipped by pagan nations, uh, these deities like were there was like this these cosmic battles and these deities reorganized chaotic matter into the universe. And of course, Christians were mocked for their belief that God created from nothing. Now, in in current times. There are many theories of the the origin of the universe, and so scientists and physicists and uh, are are working through these things, and they all have, you know, their own different arguments. Uh, but it there there's a just a root fundamental problem that cannot seem to be solved, and that is that mathematically there seems to be a beginning of our universe. So they'll calculate it, and it's you know I've I've seen thirteen point seven and and thirteen point eight billion years ago. Um, so there there's this calculation that the our universe started then. Um, so the the big fundamental problem is that how do you get something from nothing? There's t- there's two ways to go about it. You have to assume that all matter is eternal in some way, or you have to redefine nothing. And so I'll give you two examples of people trying to redefine nothing. Neil deGrasse Tyson on a, a, a YouTube channel, YouTube video, the, the general channel is called Star Talk, and I'll leave a, a link in, below. There's a 13-minute video where Neil deGrasse Tyson is talking with a, a, another guy there, the, the host of the show, I guess. Um, he's, he's trying to explain nothing. And so again, it, it's a 13 minute video trying to explain nothing. It really, it, he takes about 10 and a half minutes to lay out this explanation. And then they, they talk a little bit more. The YouTube description, the little paragraph below the video, um, one of the things it says here is, quote, discover more about virtual particles and why the best, and in quotation marks, nothing you could have is filled with virtual particles. And so what he's doing here is he's, he's essentially saying that nothing is not really nothing. And so he goes this, this through this long explanation. Now, he is redefining the word nothing, okay? He, he's trying to put a physicist spin on it and and try to get more complicated, but we know what nothing is. It, it's, it's very simple. If I was in a kindergarten class and I said, okay, kids, if an extremely small particle exists in outer space, is that particle something or is it nothing? 
It's pretty simple. It's a very simple concept. Nothing is not something, okay? And so let me let me read you a verse. 1 Corinthians one twenty. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? See, you have an extremely brilliant man, Neil deGrasse Tyson, brilliant guy. But here he, he cannot, he, he's his own presuppositions. He has to redefine a very basic word, nothing, in order to try to align with what he wants to believe. And so the host, after he spends 10 and a half minutes explaining all this stuff, the host, who is not antagonistic, he is a friendly host here. They, they agree, they, they are friends. The host says, and, and what do we call that? He says, I'm going to call it something. See, even even the host is like, dude, you you just went through this whole long explanation, but it's still something. It's it, it's still something. It's not nothing. So that's Neil deGrasse Tyson, Richard Dawkins, prominent atheist. Um, in in a, you know, it the YouTube video. I'll leave a link to. It's it's more like a discussion. It doesn't seem to be a formal debate. But in a in this discussion, his opponent, um, who looks like a Roman Catholic priest, I'm not sure who he is, but anyway, uh, he's his opponent is describing how physicists are speaking of nothing as a mixture of particles in a vacuum, uh, but it still has like an electromagnetic force. So essentially, the opponent of Richard Dawkins is saying, you know, what Neil deGrasse he he's summarizing what Neil deGrasse Tyson was was saying, and that is that. No, they're trying to set, they're trying to redefine nothing, okay? And Richard Dawkins says this in response, quote, "You can dispute exactly what's meant by nothing, but whatever it is, it's very, very simple, okay? That, that's Richard Dawkins' comment in response. And so the crowd just starts laughing. And Richard Dawkins looks at them as if as if troubled by it and as if he's in a way kind of angry at them. And he says, why is that funny? You know, and 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 his opponent says, Well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. See, even even the crowd, the this simple-minded uh, crowd and Dawkins later talks about how he says you can't bring your naive view of nothing and, and compare it to the complex physicist view of what nothing is. So he he's bolstering his own claim here how he can redefine nothing. But the crowd gets it. They they get it that he's it, it, nothing is nothing. So I'm just going to leave it right here and close out with a verse from Romans 1. Again, Romans 1 is talking about people knowing that God exists because of creation, yet they reject God. They suppress the truth about God. And and it says this, Romans 1.22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. 